This is Inspire to Impact. I'm your host, James Campbell, also known as Jam Cam. Inspire to Impact is a show dedicated to having real conversations with real educators. My hope is that educators will be able to share their stories of why they became an educator, why they love what they do, how did they get to become such a great educator, and what is their hope for the future of education. So today's episode will be a little different because I'm actually going to share my story. And for me, it's difficult to kind of talk about myself, but it's also, I guess, more difficult to actually have a conversation with yourself. So I'm going to try to make this not be too weird, but I want to tell you about my journey to education. So about 15 years ago, I was working at Ford Motor Credit and I wasn't your traditional educator. I was about almost 30, about to turn 30 at the time. And I had already had a career, some jobs working at Bell South. And at this point, I was at Ford Motor Credit and my job was collections. And quite honestly, I hated it because, number one, I was tied to a cubicle all day for eight hours. And number two, I had to contact or people called in to either make arrangements to pay their car note because they were past due or to make arrangements to return the vehicle. So I really did not enjoy that. And on one particular day, I received an email. And the email described the program in Baltimore City. Baltimore City was in need of educators, in need of teachers. And so basically, if you had a degree in any of the areas they were in need of, you could actually apply for the program. And if accepted, you number one, you would start teaching in the fall. Number two, you would also be enrolled at Morgan State University, where you would actually get your master's degree and your certifications to be an educator, a teacher. So I applied for the program. Well, a couple of weeks went by and I got a rejection letter. I did not get into the program. So, you know, I went back to continue to do my day to day job at Ford Motor Credit. No big deal. Yes, it was a big deal. I was kind of heartbroken. Rejection hurts. But probably about, like I said, about a month afterwards, I received an, another email. And the email basically said that one of the individuals dropped out of the program. They were in history and we need to fill that position. Would you be interested? Now, mind you, the program was about to start in a week. So I had all day while on my, at my cubicle to kind of decide, what am I going to do? Well, at the end of the workday, I had my decision made. I decided that I was going to um, quit my job on that day and be prepared to go to Baltimore City the next week. So done deal, left Ford Motor Credit, headed up to Baltimore City. Now, I wish it was a smooth transition into education and into um, my life in Baltimore, but it was not so easy. Because you imagine you only have a week to decide, a week to make a major life decision. So packed up as much stuff as I could in my Ford, I mean, my, my Jeep Cherokee and drove to Baltimore City, had to find a place to stay. Did not realize it at the time, but I actually had to find my own, my own uh, teaching position. And we started the classes. Now, a couple of things that jumped out at me with regards to once I actually started teaching and going through the Baltimore City professional teacher training program, their new teacher orientation. 
one teacher who had she's been a teacher for about 30 years. One of the things she shared with me is the fact that as an educator, you're like a master locksmith and you have 30 to 40 students in your class and all of them have a different key that unlocks the knowledge within their head. And you as an educator have the power to either unlock that knowledge that they have and inspire them to uh, greatness, or you can actually not unlock that, that brain and it could lead them down a path that's not good for anyone. Because if you think about it, in our nation, everyone at some point in time is in school. We have free education. You can pay for private education. But at some point, you come in contact with a teacher, with an educator. And so the doctors that are very successful, they had teachers that helped them along the way. If you are a successful lawyer, at some point you had a teacher that helped you along the way. And she even went as far as saying, you see a drug dealer or a prostitute or a pimp, they had someone along the way that may have turned them in the wrong direction. So basically she, what she was telling me, be mindful of the power that you have as an educator and don't take it lightly. And I said, thank you. Well, I was face to face with that reality of the fact that each student has a different key. I have, has a different lock that needs to be unlocked with the master key. We were, like I said, we were taking classes at Morgan State. And they were teaching us classroom management. They were teaching us um, different tactics and techniques to utilize, change the student's uh, seat, call their parents if they're disruptive, um, things that should work in a traditional setting. But me and many of my um, cohort members were looking at each other during these classes like, this is not working in my classroom. Now, mind you, like I said, I was willing to be an educator, but I wasn't able. I was still learning. And when you're in a difficult learning environment, it's hard to give students what they need. In this particular situation, this young man, he was acting out in class. And this was our ninth grade world geography. And basically, I pulled my I'm going to call your mother card if you don't start behaving properly. And he looked at me and said, the reason why I'm here is that my parole officer told me I had to be in school today. So. That changed my reality, the fact that you have a parole officer and the reason why you're here is that so you don't have to go back to juvie. So how do you reach a kid that's in a situation like that? But on a greater extent, how do you reach all the students that come before you on a day-to-day basis? So it really did put me in a position where I had to change what I was attempting to do. World geography and the way I was teaching it was not working. So that particular incident put me on a path to figure out how do you reach students where they are? How do you impact them in a meaningful way and make what you're trying to teach relevant? And I spent three years in Baltimore City and hopefully I didn't mess up too many students, but I felt as though in many cases I was not as successful as I hoped to be. And to share with you why I became an educator I really did want to make an impact in the lives of young people. When my parents got divorced when I was like in middle school, I had a lot of people who stepped into the gap and assisted me along the way when I needed help, guidance. You know, I had aunts and uncles. I had uh, grandmothers and grandfathers who stepped in when I needed assistance. So all along my way on my path, even though it may have been difficult for me, 
I had people who looked out for me. So I always had a strong core of people who had my back. And so me going in thinking as a teacher, as a young black male, I could help these young black men and women who, and Baltimore City, if you ever taught in Baltimore City, in many schools, in the school that I was in particularly, it was predominantly young black men and women. But I was very naive. I realized that my toolbox in order to reach them was not where it needed to be. So over the course of my years in education, and this will be the 15th year that we're wrapping up, my goal is to figure out how do you help students find their voice? How do you help give them meaningful information that's not just from a textbook, but that's going to help them long term? And so that's been like my mission for the past, you know, from that moment where I had that encounter with the young man and even to today, how do what you do, is it really making an impact in the lives of these people that you're supposed to be in charge of or are you tooting your own horn? Are you talking from are you the one who's benefiting from the knowledge that you're sharing within the classroom? So fast forward a few more years. So now I'm at Mount Vernon Presbyterian School. And my journey to Mount Vernon was one that um, I was in a situation where I was looking for an additional opportunity. By this time, I've been in Baltimore City Public Schools for three years. And then I taught in Delaware for three years. And we moved down to Atlanta. And I was teaching at Arabia Mountain. And I was just looking for... Number one, a place that was closer to home to teach. Number two, that was more in line with my philosophy at the time of educating the whole student, getting away from the sage on the stage mentality, but allowing the classroom to be the wealth of knowledge, utilizing the the students in the classroom, utilizing the adults in the classroom to uh, structure the knowledge and allow the knowledge to grow from my limited basis, but to expand beyond the walls of the classroom. And this particular day, I had assigned this great project. You know, in my mind, it was a great project. It was a history project where students would have the freedom to research a topic that they were interested in. And they would present it to the class in a way that demonstrated their strengths. So go, find what your interests are, pursue it, and then be ready to share it with the class. And one of my students struggled with the project because it was dealing with the fact of what is the purpose of projects in general and why are we doing certain projects? So we were having conversations about how you could possibly go about arranging or researching your project and also sharing what you your information with the rest of the class. But through those conversations we came up with an idea of what should projects look like and how do you go about creating meaningful projects? And through the challenge of this student, and when I say challenge, not challenge in the sense of being disrespectful, but challenge from the standpoint of let's push the limits of, yes, you have a project that allows students to research what they're interested in. Yes, they have the freedom to share that information in a way that's meaningful for them or displays their strengths, but why? And from that conversation, it further impacted me and realized that, hey, you have to allow students to take the lead more. And 
for that particular student, I think it led her on a path to change the way education looks and to uh, challenge the norm and grades and SATs and college, while important, they don't hold all the knowledge in those particular arenas or that's not the sole purpose of education. And it made me realize at that point that although I enjoyed the title of teacher, I think mentor or educator was a better fit. The fact as an educator, you're supposed to bring out something that's already in students and you allow that within them to grow. And if you allow that to grow and you allow them to pursue their interests, it benefits the whole. It benefits the whole world. It benefits the whole community. And it uh, reminds me of a line from Talib Kweli's song, The Magic Hour, where he says, usually it's the students that be the truest teachers. So oftentimes as educators, we've gone to school, we um, did the uh, degree thing, but we don't always know the answers. And being okay to say, hey, I don't know all the answers, but we can figure this out together. If you allow yourself to take that posture of, I don't know all the answers, it frees you up from being the sole provider of knowledge in the classroom. It allows you to say, I don't know, but we'll figure it out. And it rele- for me, it was a relief. The fact of saying, hey, let's do this together. Or I don't know all the answers, but I'm pretty sure that we can find out. So my hope through education in my latter in the next years of my life is to continue to figure out what personalized learning looks like, how to develop student-centered learning, but also learning that's meaningful. Because you can have a wonderful idea, it can be a cute idea, it can be a fun activity, but is it having the impact that you desire for that to have? So I'm still on that quest. I'm still on that journey of figuring out how do you impact students and you inspire them in a way that's going to allow them to create change in the real world. And the real world is now. The real world is in the space that you're in. It's not something that you have to wait until you graduate. It's not something that you have to wait until the timing is right. But you can make some type of uh, change in the way of the world today. So that is like a overview of my journey in education, why I do what I do, and what I hope for the future of education. And the last question that I always will ask on this podcast to kind of wrap everything up and put a bow on it. If you had one word to describe yourself, what would that word be and why? I know we all have different titles that we carry. I carry the title of father, husband, son, coach, teacher. But I would say that one word that I would use at this point to describe myself would be connector. I mean, I love finding connections between myself and other individuals. I love seeing where subject areas can cross over or disciplines can cross over within the school environment. I love seeing things that may not seem like they are relevant with the, or they have a connection with each other, but connecting the dots. You know, coaching football for several years, we'd always talk to cornerbacks and talk to safeties about taking a proper angle. And you think about geometry, if you have an obtuse triangle or an obtuse angle or an acute angle or a right angle, those are very three distinct types of angles. And in football, if you don't take the correct angle, 
That could be the difference between an interception, a catch by the uh, opposing team, and a touchdown, or making the proper tackle. So being able to connect geometry or math to a football field is something that I, I love doing. Or when I meet new people, figuring out how we connect, you know, what are our similarities? And just to tell a quick story with regards to connecting, I was um, taking a group of students to San Francisco and we got on the plane. Everyone was settled. And I sat down beside the, a lady. We were, uh, we were three across. She was in the middle. I was on the end. And we started having a conversation. A conversation. And if I would have put in my earbuds, started watching a movie, I would have never... Uh, had that conversation with her and what we through the conversation we found out that um our sons were born you know very low birth weight and you know if you know my oldest son Kamal he was born three pounds and seven ounces and he spent the first 10 days of his life in NICU and nothing was there were no issues he was just a small baby Nothing was wrong with him, but we were at the mercy of these doctors that couldn't figure out why he was so small. Well, as I was talking to the lady and sharing my story, she proceeded to share her story. And she shared that her child was born. He was only like a pound. You know, he was he was actually premature. And in that moment on that plane, we realized that we had something in common. Um, I'm a black male. She was a white female. And I could have easily just dismissed the fact of we have nothing in common. And so I'm going to put in my earbuds. And I'm just going to enjoy the flight. But because of my nature of trying, striving to build relationships or connecting the dots, striking up a conversation was a natural thing to do. And through that conversation, I realized, hey, we do have a human connection. So that whole Lion King circle of life. So if I had one word to describe myself, I would say connector. Because I always like to connect the dots between the human experience. So there you have it. That's my story. That's inspired an impact. I would love to get feedback on the podcast. And as we grow and expand, I would love to get your insights. I would love to get you on if you're an educator. And when I say educator, I mean in the broad sense of the word. Anyone who's doing the work of assisting others and bringing out the greatness and greatness out of them. So whether you're a teacher in your classroom every day, whether you're a coach and you're on a field working with students, if you're an administrator and you're doing the work of directly impacting the lives of students, I would love to hear from you. These conversations will be face to face. So if I'm in your area, I would love to sit down with you and talk to you only because I feel as though we're in a world where empathy is important. As a design thinker, I love figuring out the human connection. And so for me, part of the human connection is having face-to-face conversations, sitting down in that moment and feeling the vibe that you're giving off because you're excited about what you're doing or you're struggling with something. And I want people to be able to hear those stories and I want to be able to share those stories. So this is Inspired to Impact. My name is James Campbell. I will be your host. Have a great day.